welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall. It's a, it's a show where we get to sit and talk with someone who graduated from Emory and Henry and catch up on all their news. It's just kind of like we're sitting on the Duck Pond Wall on campus. And today I'm very excited that my guest is D.W. Sauer, Emory and Henry class of 2005. How you doing? I am well, thank you. I hope you are too. I am great. I wish my voice sounded as good as yours. You sound like you ought to be on the radio all the time. <laughs> Eventually, I do plan on starting on my own podcast. Series, so that, that is nice. in, in the works. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, you've got, you've got the voice and the microphone for it, so you're ready to go. Oh, you're two-thirds right. of the way there. You just that's need right. content. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, as it turns out, though, you are not a, a radio guy. You're an author, and that's why we want to talk to you today. You've got a, a a whole stack of books out, including the most recent one that we'll get to in just a minute because it has some Emory and Henry connections. But let's talk about your your books. You published, is it three now or four? I lost uh, track. Four. Yeah, it's four. four. Yeah. And uh, it's been an interesting journey with that because I've self-published, I've published traditionally, and I've, I'm doing a hybrid publishing too. Um, so it's it's been a very long, stressful, fun you know, everything between emotions that you can, you can think of because the process has been so, so long. Um, and well, you say so long, but now you've just been out of school since 2005. So you're not exactly Methuselah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it has been a while in the grand scheme of things, as far as like, for instance, um, my fantasy book that, um, I, I wrote, uh, dark days, it actually took almost 10 years to get published. Um, no kidding. Going, yeah. And so it, that aspect of it's been a long time. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, um, it hasn't been a long time since I've been away from memory, but um, th- how, you know, the publication process can be is just, it's a long time consuming process. Well, let's talk about that for just a second, because it seems like it's very different now. It seems like, you know, back back in ye olden days, you know, you had to ship it out to some big behemoth publisher and it, it it's a little different now, isn't it? Oh yeah, extremely because you've got so many different publishers out there, um, and then you've got independent publishing as well. So um, technically, anybody who wants to write a book can write a book, and you go and you can format it yourself and upload it on Amazon. Um, so wow. you know, yeah, it's it's a, and there's other companies that do a similar thing too um, to that, but there's a lot of the companies there that will help self-publish books for you. And like I said, like technically, you don't even need a publisher anymore. You just got to know how to format a book and get a good uh, book cover and then upload it on Amazon and it's for sale. No kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, wait, it's pretty awesome. Wait till you see the book that I'm going to come out with now that I know that's an option. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do it. I, I encourage everybody to, it's, it's, it's a fun process to do. And, and, and uh, granted there is some stress involved too, but um, <laughs> I, I do encourage people just to do it. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised just overall, even if you never publish something, how therapeutic the writing sessions can be. Interesting. Well, is that why you got into it? Did you find writing to be sort of therapeutic or cathartic? Well, um, I actually, I I had a goal of going into publishing as really being more of the historical writer. Um, And even though I love the historical writing process, I was watching a lot of movies because I'm a huge movie person, have been ever since I was a kid. And I was just getting fed up with these movies and the way they were doing a lot of female characters. And then um, I also wanted to be a school librarian. That was another, another possibility I was trying to get into. And so I was 
being in the school system working, um, you know, seeing what the students are reading. And if I was wanting to do that, then I need to know what they're reading. So I was reading the same books they were on, man. I'm like, this is horrible. And so I was like, I can make a better book than this, in my opinion. And so that's and basically what drove it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what really <laughs> drove it was I thought, you know, I can make a better female character than what they're portraying. And I felt that I could create a more interesting storyline. And um, so th that's really what started it is wanting to take and make something better than what I was watching and what I was reading. And um, that was the motivation behind that. So it really, well, I, I never sought out to do it per se. It, it just sort of, but, but so, the, so was Dark Days your first one, the fantasy novel? Was that your first one? That was the first one that I really had started on um, as far as writing. Um, that's, like I said, it took about 10 years almost to get that one published. So that was complete. And I was working on the publication process, coring letters, all that. But my actual first published one was the kids book, Metal Like Me. Oh, Metal Like um, Me, which is about yeah. bullying, right? It is. It is. It is about a group of uh, people, these kids who love heavy metal music and kind of how that they were outcast and then how they decided to handle bullying and turn things around to where people didn't view them as, as outcast. Um, and that, that really stemmed from my time as a teacher, learning about what bullying actually is considered in, in, in Virginia, um, which is interesting. Wait, wait, you mean like what the law is? Yeah. Um, and so that story came about because I had a student who was getting picked on. And, um, and so when I had wrote it up as bullying, it um, come to find out it's not bullying because the Virginia law basically says that it has to show um, a display of power. It has to show um, length of time. And there's a couple other things that it has to prove. And part of the problem is, is even if there's some perceived power imbalance or something of that nature, if it doesn't happen over a given period of time, it's not bullying. Um, and so, yeah. What's and the length, teacher, what's the length of time? Well, and that's the, big question mark, you know, because it's not really said, it just says over a length of period of time. So, you know, mm -hmm. when, when, when you see it, you really had to document those types of issues so that you had a paper trail that relates to bullying. And wow. so um, I decided to just come up with a story about that. And then, you know, hopefully down the road, if I were to ever get a chance to talk about it, be able to make people aware of is that, you know, this zero tolerance for bullying is technically not the law and it's no longer really zero tolerance. Like when I was growing up, um, that was the, the rule, you know. But, Interesting. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, you know, I got picked on too. I was, you know, I and and I didn't have much sense of humor, so I could, didn't know how to how to fight back about those things. And so I, I'm always sensitive to the kids who get sort of picked on. And so that's interesting that it's harder to prove than I would have thought. I I thought we were in a better place about that stuff now. Well, and it's it is weird how to think about it like that because you would think so, um, but actually, when I was looking this up, actually. Um, as I said, I was trying to do some podcasts and that, and that will be released later down the road. So one of my issue um, sessions will be over this metal like me and bullying and things of that nature. And I looked it up. That law got adopted in 2001 in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's interesting how, you know, like I said, when I was growing up, it was zero tolerance. You, if you were caught bullying, you were going to have consequences. Like it was right. one, one offense and, and that's it. But it's interesting how it's changed since I've been out of school. Um, so it, yeah, it, it seems as, you know, as many steps as we take forward, sometimes we don't take steps forward at all, you know? 
That is bizarre. No, I'm surprised by that. Well, so I'm, I'm glad that you used one of your books to talk about that and to encourage kids who were in that situation. I, you were good enough to do a, um, a book signing at Homecoming this year, and I was teasing you about the fact that your books are not all exactly the same. You know, you've got this this fantasy book called Dark Days, but then you've also got a romance novel. I didn't see that yeah. coming at all. I looked you up and I thought, I don't think that that can't be him. Is that him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, that one, um, that one's just a, like a Hallmark esque style, um, you know, very, very light on a romance, but still there's a, um, a bit of a, a love story type connection there. Um, and, and my thing is, is I, I want to carry the readers from their young all the way to their old, you know? So if I can capture you as a little kid, I want you to stay with me as, as you get older. Um, so, um, but that also came, out as really a dare um somebody's like you know you wrote this um fantasy book you wrote this kids book like why don't you write some hallmark s style christmas story i was like all right and so um you know i had the idea and just knocked it out and it, it got picked up fairly quickly which was a surprise um that, that happened but um yeah you know i i really don't want to limit myself to just one one genre or even one age group uh, i really want to kind of be there with the journey for the readers so is dark you know i haven't read dark days yet is that an adult novel it's it's a young adult novel mainly because of huh. the fact of, of the uh the lead characters in her teens and mm. um but you know it's something that's going to be more geared for the uh, um like upper middle school i've had um well i've had like six seventh graders they've read it and it just all depends on your family because it does have a lot of violence in it so mm. you know it's one of those things if your kids mature enough can handle a violent book it's you know it, it can be for a sixth grader um but it really is to hopefully capture everybody you know from all age group that can really root for the the heroine of the group so yeah and and we should say um it's not like you don't know what middle schoolers are like because you've been teaching you've been teaching middle school for 10 years yeah yeah so <laughs> i've been in the trenches with them that's for sure it and have had so many crazy experiences with it uh, but yeah um and and that's what i was really wanting to get with with dark days especially is because um that i kept reading reading up on what young adult books should be like and one of the things is that you if you have a strong female character she has to have a huge supporting male cast females can't um have that main role and mm. then you have to have a love story and there, there were all these requirements and granted now this is uh, about 10 years ago so about 2012 and things have changed quite a bit um, but every book I kept reading that these kids were reading, I was like, this is basically the exact same story. You know, she's a strong female character, falls in love and then has to be saved. And, you know, because there were unique, they were unique worlds. They were their own thing, but they all followed a similar pattern. I was like, yeah, I'm just tired of this. It's like, you don't need a love story to have a great female lead and all this. So I just wrote that out, out of like, I want something that the kids can look at and be like this girl is awesome she's just a phenomenal character there's no romance it's just action one scene after the other so well I love that and I, I I'm curious I feel like you're such a sensitive guy that you looked at those books and said oh my goodness these aren't treating women very well these you know girls are getting stereotyped pretty hard here it did did you grow up with a you know like a bunch of cool sisters or cool mom um, or you know well, what made you sensitive about that I'm gonna have to say yes right because if they listen to this <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, hey mom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, no, I mean, my sister's my mom, they're, you know, they're great. And you know, it's, um, it is actually surprising considering if, if you judge me, 
based off a look with a guy who primarily wears flannel shirts and has a beard down to, you know, his belly, um, you wouldn't think that honestly. And it's funny because I've gotten similar comments to that too. And I, I totally admit it, you know, it's, I, I get it. Like you would not think that I would be the type of person that would write that. Um, but it, it really was the fact that like, I, I love movies so much and I, I thought that like, they were just, it just wasn't depicting women the way they could be. And, yeah. and I, you know, and, uh, of course, I would love to say it was more uh, deeper than that, and I could probably go into it, but really, it's just, it's really the fact that um, I just think that it doesn't have to be this way, you know, um, so I, I just, I felt that it wasn't, you know, women characters were not being justly served, um, so I, you know, I, I guess I could try to say it was more, um, more motivated to get more readers and things like that, but it was really just motivated to, to do the right thing, you know, to, to show that that women can hold their own without a romance and that, you know, as far as a, a warrior, they can hold their own ground without a male cast. And granted, she has two male friends who have a large role, but she doesn't rely on them to save her. Um, yeah. And so that, that was the main point. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've always had great female figures around me. Um, pretty much my entire life, even as, you know, mentors and, and good influences and things like that. So it's, it's really just um, a combination of everything, I think. I heard a quote, and I, I hope it's true, from George R.R. R. Martin about Game of Thrones, because somebody complimented him and said, you know, your female characters are really good and really strong. And he said, well, women are people too. You know, like, why wouldn't they be kind of thing? And so I appreciated the fact that it just seemed like an obvious thing to do. But like you say, we see in here a lot where it's not so obvious. So, so good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hope readers are enjoying it so far. The feedback I've got is very good. Um, the, the one thing that is tough for readers to start out with is I use a lot of terminology in this book. Uh, a lot of words with, um, you know, Celtic, um, Norwegian, Swedish, um, those type of origins. And so, you know, of course it's a bit unfamiliar to us American readers, but, um, I had to do something to make it a unique realm. You know, I didn't want yeah. this to be another, another story that, that you think that you're at the same place as, you know, the hunger games or whatever, you know, I wanted it to be unique. And so that's why I had to, I had to pull in something to make it that way. Well, and I'm sorry, but that's how kids learn is by you have to challenge somebody a little bit too. It's not just about sitting in the story is key, but you're also t teaching them to be good readers. And, and if, if you don't challenge them a little bit on vocabulary, then they're not going to grow. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and that's some of the things, even with metal, like me, a lot of the um, people and granted, I don't have a large vocabulary for that. Not a lot of flowery language, but, you know, uses some words that, you know, might be above a kindergarten's head, but you know what, that's when they ask the question, what does this mean? And like right. I said, that's, that's how you grow um, by challenging kids younger. And I think if you expose them to the challenges younger on, they're going to rise to it. But if you just say, well, you can't use this word because they're not going to know what it is. I, I think you're missing an opportunity to help the kids grow. Right. Just to remind everybody, we're speaking today with D.W. Sauer, Emory and Henry class of 2005, who is the author of four books. And we're getting ready to talk about the fourth one because I've been saving it for last because I know folks are going to be excited about it. But before we do that, just real quick, you know, you're not just you're not just whistling in the wind here. You've gotten a bunch of awards for these books. Yeah. Um, and it's been very surprising because just the simple fact is I, I never really expected to start out my life as an author at all and so the fact that this has actually won an award has been incredible and now i think it's up to 
between Metal Like Me and Dark Days. I think it's eight total. Um, oh, so wow. it's been, yeah, it's been really awesome. Uh, Dark Days, I think, is one six, and it's um, they're all in the high fantasy um, action and um, categories. And then Metal Like Me has won it for just school issues and bullying. Yeah. Um, but it's been amazing because, like I said, I never thought that this would happen, and much less win multiple awards has been great. Um, and then with Dark Days winning uh, an award for action was to me just it blew my mind because it like I've never written an action scene. And so to come out right off the gates and win an award for writing, a, you know, an action novel, which, of course, was the goal to have an action packed novel. But it's just it's an incredible feeling that I just never thought I would get to experience. And, and weren't you a history geography major? Yeah, I was. Yep. Yep. History and geography. And I, I absolutely love those two departments at Emory. They, they were amazing. And Dr. Roper, I know he's retired, but he was um, at the best that they come. You know, he was just an amazing professor and mentor. Um, so Dr. Roper, if you're still listening to this or listening to it, hello. Um, just I will send him a link man. to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, it, it was amazing. Uh, Emory really prepped me with the history department because I went on and got my master's in history. And so, they made it such a smooth transition to take on that rigor of a master's program. So it was great. And yet here you are writing these books that just, it just makes me happy. I love those liberal arts kinds of stories where you don't train for something, but there you are doing it anyway. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how the road just comes unexpectedly with it. You know, you, you just, you don't know where it's going to lead and you, you think you're going one way and it, it takes you another and it's not a wrong way. It's just, it's just a, a, a different way to go. Um, so well, and that's been a fun journey. Well, yeah, and that's kind of a, a good segue into the most recent book, which is called Just Friends, which I just read the other day. And we're not going to talk a lot about the plot because it has a surprise and a twist. And so I don't want to give it away. But the thing that was very exciting and, and very fun to see is how much you use Emory and Henry as the site for this guy going off to college. Yeah, well, you know, you write what you know. And Emory, you know, I spent four years there. So I, I, I yeah, would like to think I, I know the campus well, but <laughs> I actually did not know the campus well um, because there's been so many changes since I graduated to the school. And so, and, and all for the better, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a negative thing by any means, but just the improvements are phenomenal that what happened. And even when I came down for homecoming, I'm like, I used to live there, but now it's a parking lot or, you know, it's like, you know, several of the dorms are no longer there that I, I had lived in. And then Carragher is no longer being a dorm, you know, it's so It'd be a business not, school. I know it's very exciting. Right. Yeah. It's, it's great. And so it's really neat to see these changes, but when you're writing about the campus, I, my experience was different than the current experience. So I had to rely on, on the website and figure out what additions have been made. And, and you know, the alumni, um, little plaza there that's been added that since I was there and even right. just the additions to the duck pond all that like it's all changed so much and so you know like I said it's for the better like the campus is amazing and it's not like it wasn't then you know I enjoyed my time there <laughs> but it's just it's been phenomenal to see the progress that's been made but it was it was really hard writing about it because like I said my experience was different than a current experience uh, but it felt everything you talked about 
felt like it was true in both worlds, in both your 2005 world and also in the 2022 world. It, it felt very familiar. You know, I, I love the part about, you know, Sam's RA telling him that, you know, he was going to get blown out by the train his first night in Hillman. <laughs> it's, it's, that's one of those stories. I mean, I, that spans like 50 years of guys telling that story, you know, oh my gosh, my first night in Hillman. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the exact same thing. My RA basically had told me about when, you know, when I, when I got there, he told me about warned me about the train and I'm like, well, I, you know, I grew up in an un-AC'd house. So my window was always <laughs> open and I could always hear the train coming, but I wasn't ready for the train being that close. No <laughs> um, one is, no one yeah. ever is. You, you take, you just do, you're not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, um, my, my dorm room then it was on the second floor and it was right beside the tracks. It was the last room there. So we, um, <laughs> Lance and I were right there at, at the tracks the entire time. So that was great. But yeah, you, you know, those types of experiences and even down to like some of the little urban legends and things of that nature that, that I included in there, of course, that those types of things stay true, um, throughout the generations there. Uh, it's just the campus layout was was hard to do, and I wanted to make sure that I mastered that. So it's good to hear that those types of things was done successfully because it was well, a I thought challenge. So. I Thank thought you. so. I mean, you did manage to work in McAdoo's, and I thought that was pretty fun too. Oh well, um, in, in my hometown we have a McAdoo's, um, so where, I'm very where are you familiar. From? Where are you from? Uh, I forgot right, to ask you. Roanoke that. Valley area, right, right okay. around Roanoke, Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's I, I'm right right down the road. I mean, it's about a two hour drive from my hometown. To, okay. to Emory. So right. it wasn't bad at all, but we, we had a McAdoo. So I was familiar with it. And uh, so those are the types of things that even though it was more Emory, you know, memorabilia and stuff like that, it's still same menu, those types of things, same atmosphere. <laughs> so that was right. easy to write about too. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, going up to the hut, you know, that was a, a daily you know, routine for us and things of that nature. So those types of things I think are, are definitely going to be consistent. Um, but it was just, it was capturing the current canvas layout that was tough. But um, when I came back for homecoming, it was great to see because I live on the other side of the state. So it's it's tough to make it back on, on occasions just because of my work schedules and things of that sure. nature. So um, it was really nice to see the improvements. The presidents and everybody there have done such a great job to make it a, an amazing place, even more amazing. Oh, that's well, that's sweet. It's sweet to hear. If folks are listening, tell us how we can get a copy of any of your books. Uh, Amazon is the one I always recommend, and, and that's in part because they tend to frequently have sales. And, and if you're an ebook reader, I think you can pick up all four of the books for less than seven dollars. Um, so that's that tends to be the one I recommend the most. Um, and also, it's just easy access. Um, and then, like I said, if you're a print person, though, they tend to also have sales on, on all those. Um, so you can just check back frequently, look for those. But Barnes & Noble has it. Apple Books or iTunes, they, they have it there as well. If you're a Canadian listener, Kobo has it. Actually, I think Kobo has all four. So major, most major outlets have it. And uh, but I just tend to recommend Amazon just because of the price savings on a, on a more regular basis, because I want to save people money. I like to find out what authors read. So tell us what you're reading right now. Actually, I'm not reading much of anything right now. The last book I read, uh, I'm going camping with mom. Um, it was a children's book from a, an awesome author um, who I've met through social media. And then I did, prior to that, I finished another one. It's called Chasing uh, Santa Barbara. She's an amazing author, Melissa Roberts. Um, and then she has Chasing Oklahoma. I do try to support the independent authors more so than the big mainstream publishers now. I, I think that's really important because I, I think people miss out on a great deal of 
awesome material by just focusing on the major publishers. These past, this past month, I, I've been focusing on the query process for two more books. So. Oh, what's um, coming next? That's your, I didn't think to ask you that. What's coming next? I mean, could just, yeah, so, just friends has just come out. So I you know, didn't think you had something in the hopper. Yeah. Um, so the funny thing about this is just friends actually started probably about 10 years ago. Um, and I actually put that on hold for the fantasy book. And then within the past year, things have calmed down for me to where I could focus on putting just friends out and finishing that up. But I also had a book that I was previously writing, um, called that is going to be called the untold. And it's a historical fiction, new adult novella, um, about stories from world war II. And so this is, there's three short stories combined in the novella, but it's going to focus on a spy story, a Holocaust uh, trial against humanity story, and then a, a female Russian sniper. Um, so it's going to be from their perspectives of some things that had happened. And um, there's some Are twist they, in there. And it's based on real people? No, no, all, all, all historical oh, fiction. Gotcha. Um, historical yeah, fiction. yeah, gotcha. yeah, I, um, like, I love the historical process, but I'm like, I've really, you know, the fiction is just so much quicker to knock out because you don't have to do all that research, but yeah. So it's all, all made up and, and I, I don't want to go into too much because I, I love the book and I could talk about that forever too, so, um, <laughs> but it's, it's got some amazing twist in it. And, and I've got another children's book called hippie like me, a lot of, a lot of coals in the fire <laughs> writing takes place wherever, wherever I'm at for the most part. And then to make things more limited. Like I said, I'm going to be doing a podcast series. Um, I'm hoping to have them out by April. Uh, I'm going to do one on education. I've got one about writing and then I have started doing some short stories with a segment called scream with me. And they're going to be um, very short, maybe 10, 15 minute episodes of just short stories of uh, kind of ghost paranormals, all those types of activities. Um, Yeah. So um, a lot, a lot going on that I'm hoping that I can get done <laughs> in the limited time that I have. Oh, you're, listen, you're going to, uh, clearly you've proven that you can take care of all those things real quick. You, you said new adult a minute ago. Is that the same thing as young adult? Um, it's right there on uh, right there about the same thing. Young adult tends to deal with more of the teenage age group. And then new adults right there, like your uh, 19, 20-ish range and like into the early 20s. But um, yeah, so it's a fairly up and coming genre category, I, I believe. All right. Well, that sounds good. All right. Well, we're, we're running out of time, but I, I'm going to give you sort of a parting shot. What, what do you say to those folks who are listening who are thinking, I'd like to write a book? What's, what's the first thing you'd like to tell them that they, that they ought to do? Uh, one, do it. Um, uh, but my first advice, and it's kind of evolved, is just start. That's my main thing, because you can talk about what you want to do all day long, but you have to start somewhere. And and I just say start. And, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research and read articles um, uh, from authors saying you're not a real author if you don't do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, you know, all you need to do is just start. Uh, you know, if it's a voice memo to take notes with, if it's a sticky note, if it's a notepad, if it's a Word doc, a Google doc, or you can skip all that and just start writing. But your book is never going to get published if you don't start somewhere. Don't cut yourself short, you know, because if I can do it, I think anybody can. You're only going to be limited by your imagination of where you can go. Um, it's going to be your court, your ball game, your rules. And so just have fun with it and just start. And like I said, there's no right or wrong way. Just 
just start putting yourself out there. That's awesome. That is that's good advice for lots of projects, actually. I'm, I like that advice. All right. Well, then we're going to we're going to wrap this up so we can all go start our books now. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> D.W. Thower, Emory and Henry class of 2005. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I look forward to coming down for homecoming. Yeah, boy. October 1, mark your calendar, everyone. I want you here to sign my books. All right. Absolutely. Will do. All right. And we want to thank all of you for being with us today on the Duck Pond Wall. Please keep listening to WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia. There's some great stuff coming up next.